Listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M I L L I A N. I am your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. Thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you guys here as we uh, chart the territory of divine healing. And each week we talk with our guests about their experience and testimonies and all kind of cool stuff that's going on here. And uh, today we're rolling forward with our next guest. Joining me today is someone you may have heard of. And if you're familiar with the ministry, Two Guys in a Bible, you will know him as an evangelist, a radio host, TV host, producer, and our guest today. Joining us near the Ozarks in Missouri, Don Allen. Don, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, my bro? Hey, I'm doing good. I appreciate you uh, allowing me to be on today. That's exciting. I just uh, recently connected up. We just uh, brand new friends here, and it's uh, I hear I hear good things. So um, let's uh, let's let the audience in on what I've heard here. So usually here in the first segment, we break into right away healing testimonies, and uh, your program that you have there is called Undevourable, where uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little more later. But you talk a lot about healing and things like that. So let's get some testimonies going. Uh, flip us out a little bit. What have you seen, or what have you ministered? Break it down. Yeah. All right. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. This happened uh, back in probably 2005. I'm just, uh, I was helping my father-in-law at a food assistance program that he has at his church. Uh, once a month, one Saturday a month, they'll bring people in in kind of a poorer community and, and give them a, enough food for a week. And so we get all kinds of folks coming in. And year after year, we've been doing this program. And uh, I had started seeing some miracles and signs and wonders and some things happening. And uh, so I went to work. This is back when I was hanging drywall for a construction company. And, man, I'd go back after that weekend, and I'd just be – I couldn't keep my mouth shut. You know, I'm telling these guys stuff that I was seeing, and it was amazing. And this great big guy, huge guy, he's like 285 pounds, this is big old brood of a guy. He's like, I want to see some miracles. I said, well, you got to go where miracles are happening, man. Come with me to one of these food assistance programs. So he does. He comes with me on the next one. We're standing there, and now there's, you know, we kind of wait for the people to come through, and then we'll grab their food. We'll walk them out to their car, and we usually pray with people and uh, throw their food in the car, and they go on. So I'm, we're standing there, and we're waiting for some people, and we're not really seeing anything that he would call a miracle. You know, we prayed, and somebody's headache went away, or my toe quit hurting, you know, and I mean, he's like, that's not what I'm here for. So a, a lady comes walking in, and she's blind. She's got the stick. She's got the glasses on. She's got her great big... Um, son-in-law with her, helping her walk through the line. Now, she's been coming through for three years, and I'm going to be honest with you, I avoided this woman. For three years, I saw this woman come through, and uh, I wouldn't pray for her. I wouldn't walk her out. I wouldn't do nothing. So, of course, that's the one he picks, right? This one. Always the way. Yep, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, here we go, man. So we uh, we walked this woman out, and and again, this was years ago, but we walked this woman out, and uh, they go and set her in the car. And then um, we go outside and we load the food. So he's putting the food in the trunk, and I walk around the uh, passenger side of the car, and I open the car door. And uh, I lean in and, and uh, talk to her. You know, she can't see. And uh, I said, ma'am, I just want to pray for you. Can I pray for you today? And she said, well, sure. And I grabbed her hands. I said, well, will you step back out of the car? So I pull her out of the car. And uh, now we've had some issues with this son-in-law before. He's kind of a big brood of a guy. And I felt pretty safe because I had my own guy with me, you know, big guy. But uh, he, he'd not been very cooperative in times past with us praying for her. He's very protective of her. But I pulled her out of the car while he was distracted. And, and she's standing there. So a buddy of mine runs up. He's like, you're not doing this without me. Well, he runs up there. 
And uh, so right away, the Lord just laid on my heart, tell her this, tell her this right here. He said, uh, just tell the story to her. So I said, ma'am, you know what? You remind me of the boy in the Bible. I said, do you know that story? And she said, well, I don't, which one are you talking about? I said, where the disciples came to Jesus and they said, why is this boy blind? And Jesus, and they, I said, you know, they started coming up with reasons. Was well, it because his mom and dad sinned? Is that why this boy's blind? And Jesus said, no, that's not why he's blind. Well, is it because the boy sinned? And I said, Jesus said, no, that's not why he's blind. And I said, basically, this is what Jesus said. He said, so I can work the works. And I said, really, to me, this is what it means, ma'am, is that Jesus said, I don't care why the boy's blind. What are we going to do about it? And I said, ma'am, that boy saw. And I said, you know what? I feel like you could be just like that boy in the Bible. Do you believe that? She said, you know, I do. And so I said, well, then I tell you what, we're going to pray right now and God's going to heal your eyes. Now, I didn't know any history of this woman. I just knew she'd been blind. I'd seen her for three years with the stick and the glasses. Well, so I just looked up to the sky and I just said, Father God, right now in Jesus' name, I command these eyes to see right now in Jesus' name. And so I just looked at her and I said, ma'am, I want you to read my name tag right now. She leaned forward. And again, I couldn't see her eyes. She's got these big glasses on, these dark glasses. I said, read my name tag. She leaned in. She said, your name is Dennis. I said, no, blink hard twice and you read my name tag. And all of a sudden she said, your name is Donnie. And she said, that tree, that tree is brown. That car is red. And so she just starts screaming. She can see she, she's running around, jumping. We're running around and crying and screaming and yelling. And so we're all excited. And the cool thing was, is all these people knew this woman because she's been coming for three years to this food assistance program. So we're running around. We're super excited. Well, we take off. She takes off. We run inside and tell everybody. What we didn't know is if it wasn't cool enough to say, hey, a blind woman saw, well, what happened is, is that the next month she came into the food assistance program and she came walking in and we didn't recognize her. No glasses, no cane. She came walking in. She said, guys, you don't even know who I am, do you? And we're like, oh, Linda. Oh, praise God. Linda Sanchez was her name from Lebanon, Missouri. Oh, praise God, Linda. She said, no, you guys don't understand. I had no eyeballs. I had no eyes. No. She said they'd been melted out. So listen to this. Our news reporter got a hold of the story and went and checked it all out for us, found her doctor. And sure enough, he said she had a reaction 12 years ago. Now, this was some years ago, but at that time, 12 years ago, Linda came in. She'd had a reaction to some medications that caused her to have symptoms of Steven Johnson syndrome. And it gave her third degree burns from the inside out of her body and the eyes being a soft tissue literally melted out of her head. And this doctor totally confirmed every bit of the story. An outside reporter wrote this up in a local newspaper here in Missouri where they checked with them and she had no eyes in her head. And there she's standing there looking at us with two perfectly beautiful blue eyes. Oh, how cool is that? Isn't that cool? When you found that so, out, hell, I just got to ask you this. When you heard that, when she actually said that to you, that had to hit you like a ton of bricks, right? I think I cried for a good day. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that was my reaction is I, I just couldn't get over. Because like I wasn't even there and I'm like, like I'm getting chills just imagining hearing that. But I didn't have oh, eyeballs. I'm like, oh, yeah. No, when she said that, I I didn't know what to say. I was just I, I didn't know. And she's like, no, I had no eyeballs. So listen to this. Now, the son-in-law is there, the great big guy who we've had trouble with. He grabs me and throws me up against the wall. This guy's huge. And we've had trouble with him before. And he grabs me and he throws me up against the wall and he said, what did you do to her? What did you do? She, I know she couldn't see. What did you do? And I said, I told you God would heal her. And he said, I want that God. I want that God. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Went about a little violently, but we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It was awesome. 
it's like I just got like waves of chills coming over me just listening to that story. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. So, well, let's see. Uh, we got another couple of minutes. Let's throw another one. What else you got? So we had a um, there was a I'm trying to think of a really good one here. Uh, maybe a, a raising the dead story. Or, yeah, let's have it. Um, I'm trying to think of the one. We had a, a woman in Shawnee Mission, Kansas. We got a phone call to come and see her. It's about three and a half hours away. And uh, we, had, we had known about this woman for some time. A mutual friend had been trying to get her into our healing classes for a while, and she was just too sick to, to be able to do it. So we, she calls us one night and said, look, she's, she's dying. She's been given 72 hours to live, and that was 75 hours ago. Could you guys come up? So we, Matt and I jump in the car, and we drive up to Shawnee Mission, Kansas, about three and a half hours. And we come into the house, and she's laying on the couch, just wasted away, under 100 pounds. She has a little boy that's running around the room, and then she has a 14-year-old daughter sitting on the couch. And this 14-year-old daughter had just made funeral arrangements that Saturday. This is a Sunday night. She had to make the arrangements because the father couldn't compose himself. He couldn't do it. So this poor 14-year-old girl is sitting here watching her mother die on the couch. There's another friend there taking care of her, and the cancer in her stomach was so bad it had burst through the skin and literally was oozing out into her gown, and you could see it and smell it. So we came in. She was uh, non-responsive. And uh, she was sitting there uh, or laying there kind of on the couch, propped up, eyes rolled back in her head, barely breathing. So we kicked other people out. There was other things going on there that didn't need to be going on. So we kicked people out. And uh, we came in there and I sat on one side and sat on the other. And I told this 14-year-old girl, I said, God's going to heal your mama. And she just sat there staring at me. I mean, just hard. She was hard, man. 14 years old and had to make funeral arrangements for her mother. So I said, you just watch. And so she sat there the whole time. So we're sitting there and we're praying for this woman. I'm on one side, Matt's on the other. And we're praying for this woman. And all of a sudden she quits breathing and she died. And I can't tell you the anger that I felt. It, it was a godly anger. But I was so angry looking at this girl sitting there watching her mother. She just died, just took her last breath. And it was the spirit of God just came over me and I grabbed this woman by the back of her hair and I thrusted her forward violently and I screamed in her face, you breathe and you live right now in Jesus name. And she took a big, deep breath. I mean, it scared us, this loud breath, took this big, deep breath and rolled back onto the couch. And we're like, okay, okay, we're going to keep going. We keep praying. And all of a sudden she quits breathing again and eyes rolled back in her head. She's done. She quits breathing. Chest isn't moving. Nothing's happening. I grabbed her up by the back of her head and I said, I command you to live right now in Jesus name. She took another big deep breath. So we keep praying for a while and it happens a third time. And this time we all kind of chuckled. We're like, come on, devil, you got nothing, man. Come on. So we thought, Hey, three times, man, it is written. This will be the last time devil. I'm telling you, she's going to live and not die right now in Jesus name. She takes a deep breath. She begins to breathe. And so we prayed for a while. It's early in the morning now. And and we felt like we had that release, you know. Now, we hadn't seen the cancer disappear or any of that. It's not like she was healthy by any means. But, you know, we kind of felt that release that we were done. So we just told them all. We said, well, you know what, guys? You're on life watch now. You're not on death watch. You're on life watch. So we left, and we drove home, and we get home, and we're barely in bed. And we get a phone call. And it's probably 6.30 in the morning. I mean, we barely just got home. And it's that friend of ours who stops by every morning to take care of her kids. And to, uh, because this woman couldn't do it for the last year. So she calls and she said, guys, you're not going to believe what happened this morning. She said, you guys left and she was laying there and there was no change and everybody went to bed and I left and went home to get a few hours of sleep before I come back over to help the kids. She said, well, I, I walked in this morning and knocked on the door and she was sitting there telling me to come in, sitting straight up. And she said, and not only that, she's sitting there t- telling me to come in. And, and she tells me the story of after these guys left. 
She said, I let out a big scream in the middle of the night at some point. My husband came running in thinking that was my last breath. And she said, I just felt like I had to get out of this house. So I made him put my shoes on, get me up. And we went out and walked around the neighborhood a little bit in the dark, you know, early morning. She said, then he brought me back in and I'd just been feeling better and better and better the whole time. And she said, now I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting here and I, I'm feeling great. She said, I want you to take me upstairs and, and put me in my own shower. I mean, I've not had a shower in my own shower for six months. Well, she takes her upstairs, uh, takes her gown off of her. And all of a sudden they notice the cancer is totally gone. Uh-huh. There's no cancer busting through her skin. It's just pink skin. And all of her bed sores were totally gone. And the woman was totally healed of cancer and still alive today, raising her kids in Shawnee Mission, Kansas. Oh, amen. That is so awesome, man. I love uh, I'm just got me all like worked up over here, man. Love it. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> love it. Listeners, I hope you enjoy that as well. And uh, we are up against our first break. I think I need to go compose myself for a minute. So we're going to take our first break. I'll be back right after this. Keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Don't nobody go nowhere. Hey, guys, Million here. I want to say thank you for listening to this program and for supporting the work we do. I would like to invite you to visit our website at dominionfire.com. And while there, sign up for our VIP email newsletter. This is a free service, and as a member, you will receive early releases of the Heal the Sick podcast, updates on the content we create, members-only discounts in our audiobook store, and exclusive content not released elsewhere. Visit dominionfire.com for full details, and if you subscribe, you will receive our free report entitled A Christian's Guide to Divine Healing for Yourself, with tools, tips, and strategies to minister healing for your own conditions. All free by subscribing to our newsletter and by visiting www.dominionfire.com. All right, listeners, back on the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. Make sure that you visit the website at dominionfire.com and make sure you find the entire catalog of the Heal the Sick podcast. And if you're brand new to healing, make sure you go through and listen to all the shows and hear what everybody has to say. You're going to see an amazing tapestry of what God's power is develop. It's going to really, really benefit you a lot. So check that out. And also make sure you visit our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church. Subscribe to our vlog, the DeFire vlog. And uh, make sure you thumbs up and subscribe And if you watch any of the videos because it helps us get higher in the rankings. And hey, people need to hear this kind of stuff. So... Uh, check that out. Everything's online, dominionfire.com, including today's show. And uh, Don Allen's talking with us today. And you have a pretty, uh, pretty varietied sort of background with all the stuff you're doing and, have, and what you have going on. So tell us your background and experience and uh, give us the full rundown on you. Yeah, it was really, uh, it's, it's a pretty simple deal. And I think it's pretty amazing and probably encouraging to some folks that for one, we're just ordinary guys here, you know, and I think you can probably say the same from where you're coming from. Uh, it wasn't like we were anything special, you know, and, and, you know, where the prophet came and picked us out at birth and said we were going to be the one. Um, you know, God was just working through some some others to get to normal people just like us. And that's what I always want to encourage people when we're talking to them is I want them to see themselves doing these things because man, I'm all about people getting out there and, and doing this this book, doing the Bible and seeing people healed for themselves. But I was raised in a, uh, a home in my early years, at least before my teen years, of a, a strung-out Vietnam vet father who was an alcoholic, and my mother was a socialite. She had her own cosmetic business, and so party-party at our house all the time as I was growing up, and dad was always whacked out and carried a pistol under his shirt and 
you know, every loud noise, somebody was going to get shot, you know. So it was kind of an unstable deal in the beginning. And then uh, we moved from Kansas City down into the Ozarks to kind of get away from the fast pace there and maybe a little quieter area for my dad. And uh, when we moved down into the Ozarks, um, my mom was on an airplane going to Las Vegas with this woman to this um, big event for this cosmetic industry. And the lady she sat next to, uh, next to on the airplane led her to the Lord. I just was talking to her and began to minister to her. And uh, the crazy thing about that whole story is, is that is now my mother-in-law, by the way, 40 years later here, this is my mother-in-law. But this lady on the airplane leads uh, my mom to the Lord. And so she comes home and uh, here we are all a mess. And she begins to slowly put that into my father. And so anyway, we, we kind of fast forward and my father ends up getting born again and he attends Rhema Bible Training Center and he comes out of there and we take, he takes over a little Baptist church here in the Ozarks. And, and so he starts, uh, you know, we start getting raised in church and getting the word and the faith message and, and uh, you know, healing was included in that. And that was something that always really intrigued me was healing because I couldn't deny that even as a child, uh, after my father was born again, I can remember one particular instance we have a lake here that we live by and I had jumped off of the retaining wall and I hit my elbow on that wall and I, I knew I had shattered my elbow. I mean, it was, there was no doubt about it. It was totally shattered. And I'm laying there rolling around and my dad grabs me up and I just remember him putting his hand on my elbow and I mean, the pain that I felt. And I mean, I'm, I'm preteen here, but he grabbed it and I remember just screaming and he said, in Jesus name. And all of a sudden the pain left. And, and I look down and it's not bleeding anymore and it's not hurt anymore. And I'm like, what has just happened? And he said, son, God just healed you. And I'm like, what, what is this? I don't understand. And so I, I can remember that always being a part of how I was raised in knowing that I can't explain it to you, but God did it. And then as I got into my teen years, my father was a pastor. I went out and definitely lived that life of a pastor's kid, drugs and sex and alcohol and just crazy, crazy life through my teen years. But God was always there. He was always pulling on me, and I knew it. And so I came out of that, and like I said, I married. Uh, I got married in my early 20s. Uh, and again, it was the daughter of this woman who had led my mother to the Lord on the airplane back in the 70s, which is just amazing how that all worked out. But, but uh, so again, just re- going through that whole faith message there, she was raised uh, with a father who also had gone to Rhema Bible Training Center and learn faith and those different things. So I was kind of raised up around it. But here was the thing. I, I was raised in a church, in, in both of these churches, hearing about miracles. So it was kind of like this. Hey, Kenneth Copeland had a meeting in Texas where somebody's cousin's brother's dog's sister had a miracle. Oh, well, that's really cool. But what about here? Because I can see Sister Betty over here dying of cancer. What about here? You know, I see Bob over here. He's dying of something. What about here? And so that was the big thing. I was raised that way, always saying, but what about here in my town? What, what, why not here? So I remember the morning it all changed. I, I would wake up early to go hang drywall because early in, early out. You know, you want to get to work at five while it's nice and cool, get off work early before it gets too hot. And so I was watching television, and here's these old black and white Oral Robert tent revivals airing on TV early morning. And I can remember sitting there and watching these miracles, and I'm just, I'm bawling before I'm going to work. I'm sitting there crying, and I said, Lord, why isn't this happening anymore? And he said, yeah, why aren't you doing it? And I said, well, me? I'm just hanging drywall, man. I'm just trying to make a living. And he said, no, why aren't you doing it? Yeah, don't you love when he gets right up in your face like that? <laughs> oh, man, he did. So you know what? I said, well, Lord, I don't have a tent. 
I don't have any, well, within a month we had a tent, all the chairs we would ever need, lights, uh, you name it, we had it. All the stuff to do tent revival. So we started doing tent revivals and ended up, Matt and I ended up going to Bible college and, and learning, and that was a good foundation. You know, I'm not going to say it made me the man I am today, but it was a great foundation to learn faith and some of those things. And But again, I came back out knowing, all right, that's it. We're going to, miracle signs and wonders, man. Well, my father-in-law had asked Matt and I to, to uh, teach prayer and healing school at his church. And so that morphed into just healing school. And it was really one of those deals where we said, well, if this is going to work, we need to see it work. And so we went out and we just said, well, if the Bible says believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, then let's go do it. And so we just set out and we started laying hands on the sick. And amazing thing, the Bible was right. <laughs> lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We started seeing all these people get healed. And it was just a, a ton of them. We were making house calls, just going to people's homes. Well, as it grew and grew and grew, different uh, newspaper articles picked up on that. Different things started picking up on it because it was really kind of becoming a big deal. God was putting us in front of some very influential people in small town politics anyway, but enough to get the word out in our town. So it kind of grew from there. And then, um, you know, we started seeing these miracles. And like I said, there was a, uh, there was a uh, lady that caught uh, wind of some of these miracles and she wanted to have us on her local TV show. So we went to the local Christian TV station and we got on this woman's show and we started sharing the miracles that had been taking place. Well, afterwards, the general manager approached us and said, you guys need your own TV show. And we said, oh, man, we're not about that. We just want to pray for the sick. You know, we just want to go to their homes. Well, anyway, we turned them down for a couple of years. Well, as we went, we had bigger opportunities. I ended up in a room with Glenn Beck one day and ended up getting to pray with him. And it just it was a big, huge deal. And all the cameras were there. And he ended up getting healed right there on the cameras. Glenn Beck, right in the middle of this room. And God had just totally set all this up. So all this kept growing and growing, and this lady kept contacting us. So finally she said, this is going to be the last time I'm going to offer it to you. You need a TV show. So we prayed about it, and, and we did. And so we started out on our little local station here, and uh, we started airing in January uh, one year, and uh, we were just going to give it a, a run, you know, and it was all about healing. Christ the Healer is the name of the show. So we started doing that and uh, running on our local station here. There about, I don't know, 650,000 people could watch in this area. And uh, so we started doing that, and it was okay. We were getting some phone calls, and some stuff was happening, and, and uh, that opened up some other doors, which was good. Well, then I get a phone call. It was um, almost a month later when we started airing from the general manager of the uh, TV station locally here, and she said, are you sitting down? And I thought, well, we're canceled, you know, because we're, we're pretty controversial as far as CPN goes, because uh, we're just telling you, God heals, you know, boom, right in your face, God's going to heal you. And uh, so she said, are you sitting down? And I said, man, do I need to sit down? She said, well, tomorrow night you're going to air to 37 million people. So sit down if you need to. I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I took your, I took your DVD and I mailed it down to CTN corporate. And they're going to put you on national television. And I'm like, well, how much does that cost? She said, no, they're going to do it for free. You're going to air to 37 million people tomorrow night. Well, so they picked us up for a year. And then all of a sudden we got TBN calling us. We got all these different places that had called us and offered us time slots. And we haven't taken any of those. I mean, it's pretty expensive, but so CTN ran us for a year there and that was really good. Uh, and lots of phone calls, lots of ministry opportunities, of course, came out of that phone calls from India, all kinds of places. We had people heal the cancer over the telephone. That was a big deal for a while is we got a phone call from India. Brother Troy was his name. And his wife was dying of cancer. Well, if you know anything about Mumbai, India, there's about 10,000 people that live in that 
half mile area. You know, I mean, it's just so compact. And so she ended up getting healed over the phone when I prayed for her. And so over there, all of a sudden, the thing was, is, hey, if you call this number, Jesus Christ will heal you on the phone. So I get all these phone calls from India, these people that are dying of cancer, and they're getting healed because they already believed it. They've, hey, sister so-and-so got healed. And so we got all these people healed, and that was amazing. And we ended up getting dropped off at CTN, and, and uh, we ended up going with GEB, Golden Eagle Broadcasting, and they're airing to 34 million people. And we've been on there for quite a while, and uh, CTN just picked us back up, and we're going to be back on there uh, in April, airing with them again on a local level. So things have really opened up as far as you know our background here. But again, just a normal guy, hanging drywall, doing my thing, but working the works of Jesus uh, while I was doing it. And so that was the thing. The Lord opened up for us to have those platforms to do so, and then... Um, we finally, I, I finally went full time. I always say I was full time before I was full time. You know, it, I was holding another job, but it wasn't that it kept me from working miracles by any means. But when we finally quit doing that and, and moved into our office officially and did those things, um, a secular radio station here in the Ozarks had heard about us, and uh, I'd contacted them and I said, "Hey, why don't you air our radio show, uh, Undevalable?" Christian radio show and secular station. And I said, yeah, we'll do it. Well, I didn't even have a radio show. I just had the name for it, Undevourable. I didn't have any radio shows, so I had to come up with those real quick. But we got on there, and then the, uh, it impressed the guy so much that was running the station. He came over to my office to meet me, and uh, he just had to meet this guy who's doing this Undevourable radio show. He said it was one of their most highest listened to programs. It's all talk radio, secular radio. And he said that people tune in on Sunday mornings and listen to this thing. So he shows up in my office over here, and by the time we were done, he said, hey, man, you need to own your own radio station. And I said, yeah, sure, I need two of them. You know, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, by the end of that week, somebody walked into my office, laid a check down on my desk, and said, you need to buy a radio station. What? Well, praise God, I guess we're going to buy a radio station. So we did. We bought an online radio station, the 1412 Radio Network, and we've been up and running for a little over a year and uh, pumping out the healing gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. We're up to, we had spikes of 25,000 listeners in 150 different countries that tune in and listen to the 1412 radio network. That's wonderful, man. So that's, uh, it's been something of an exciting ride. It sounds like. Yeah. And a quick one, but very exciting. That's so cool. All right, listeners, there you have it. We're long on our segment, but that's all right, because we're going to keep rolling after the break here. Again, we're talking with Don Allen from the Two Guys in a Bible Ministry and all the other um, supportive projects that they have underneath of that, which we'll find out more about in our next segment. So keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast, back in just a moment. Hey guys, Million here. Please visit www.dominionfire.com for the latest episodes of the Heal the Sick podcast and also for our video vlog series entitled The D-Fire Vlog. After visiting DominionFire.com, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church and hit the subscribe button and make sure to hit the thumbs up for any video you watch. This content is available for free and new videos are posted throughout the week. That's DominionFire.com first and then youtube.com forward slash Church. Thank you and we'll see you soon.
All right, listeners, third segment of the Heal the Sick podcast today. And has this been a phenomenal episode or what? Uh, Don Allen, Two Guys in a Bible Ministry, and talking about all of his media projects and all the things that he's been working on and wonderful testimonies and all kind of cool stuff. Now, I know this is kind of radical to say, and you know how dare I be heretical for even bringing this up, but Jesus healed them all. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. But uh, in this segment, we talk about our lesson time, little mini sermon, and Don would like to talk on the topic of how Jesus healed them all. Go ahead, you heretic. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, you know, here we are, and, and we know there's so many different issues out there. And I think one of the main issues is, is nobody's denying that Jesus healed them all in the Bible. But sometimes I think we forget who some of those were that he healed. And a lot of times we're disqualifying ourselves. You know, we we look at our sins, we look at the things that we've done, and sometimes we feel like, man, I deserve to have this. You know, I've blown it, and I'm not even going to go and ask him to, to do anything here. But the thing that I really wanted people to see, and it's going to be a quick deal here, but, you know, for one, I want to encourage everybody, go over to Matthew 8. And if you want if you want a, a healing sermon, man, just start in Matthew 8. Read all of Matthew 8. It's its own healing sermon right there. I mean, you could get anybody healed anywhere out of Matthew 8. I mean, it starts with a leper that didn't even know if he wanted him to be healed, and he gets healed. It gets, goes into the centurion servant. Uh, he gets healed by Jesus sending a word. Uh, we have Peter's mother-in-law who had a fever, and she gets healed by him laying hands on her and speaking directly to the fever. And then it goes on, and it talks about all those that he healed. But I just want to run down some some quick things here, because who will God heal? You know, that's a big question. Who will God heal? In Matthew 19, 2, great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Matthew 21, 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Luke 6, 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. Matthew 12, 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence. Great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Luke 9, 11, and the people, when they knew it, they followed him, and, and he received them, and he spake unto them of the kingdom of God, and he healed them that had need of healing. Matthew 15, 30, great multitudes came unto him, having with them the lame, the blind, dumb, maim, others, and he cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Luke 4, 40, when the sun was setting, all those that were sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. Matthew 4, 24, his fame went through all Assyria, and they brought unto him sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, possessed with devils, those that were lunatic those that had the palsy, and he healed them. So wait a minute now, look at this one. It says, brought unto Jesus those that were possessed with devils. Here, here's some people that obviously weren't good people, not good church-going folks, possessed with devils, not following God or his laws, somehow have opened themselves up for full possession of the devil, full of demons. And what did it say? It says that he, it didn't say, hey, they, they first had to get born again. It didn't say, hey, what church did they need to get into? It didn't say they needed a, a six-month new believers class. Jesus walked up to them and cast out the devils and healed them. And I want to encourage folks, because when we're out here, for one, I know sometimes we feel like we've blown it, and yet here he is healing people that were demon-possessed. And then there's others out here that we would disqualify from healing, saying, man, look at them. Look at how they're living. Look what they're doing. Man, these were people that were demon-possessed. Jesus healed them. He healed them. And then we see where he heals lunatics. These people were out of their minds, man. They couldn't even think straight. They couldn't make a right decision, and they were healed. And so my whole point is this, when we're going through the Bible and we talk about Jesus healing people, my big question is this, where's the unlucky ones? Where's those that were, it just wasn't their timing to be healed? Where's the ones where God was teaching them a lesson, 
brother, if you just hold on long enough, man, your faith is going to get stronger. Hey, guy with the leprosy, you know what, man? You can minister to lepers like nobody. So just hold on to that leprosy. It's a blessing from God. Man, we do not see Jesus talking that way ever. It didn't matter what it was. And, and I'm going to make this bold statement. I mean, here comes, man, you want the Facebook post to light up now. <laughs> here it comes. I'm going to say this. It is the will of God to heal everybody all the time of anything, everywhere, 100% of the time, all the time. No matter what. It's his, it's his will to do so. Now, I'm not saying everybody is healed 100% of the time, all the time. What I'm telling you is it is God's will that you would be. It's God's will that you would be. And so it becomes our responsibility then to find out, well, how do I make that happen? If it's God's will and he wants me to have it, then how do I do it? Well, it's a pretty simple thing. You can just look through the scriptures and you can find it. But I do want to encourage folks, just real quick, that was the thing, man. I want you to understand, Jesus didn't qualify or disqualify any of these people. There was no big interview process with these folks. He just healed them. The leper, when he fell down and said, I don't know if you can, I mean, I know you can, I don't know if you will. Jesus didn't say, well, have you been good enough? Did you tithe this week? Were you at synagogue Sunday? Jesus didn't interview this guy. He is the healer. It's not what he does. It's who he is. In Exodus 15, 26, when God introduced himself as Jehovah God, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. It's not what he does. He's introducing himself as who he is. He can't help but heal. He is the Lord God that healeth thee. That's my word for you today. My five-minute Bible study for you today right there. <laughs> you know, something that came to my mind as you were mentioning that is, is some, sometimes people try to find a little out with that when they, uh, it's Mark 6, when he was rejected at Nazareth. And they said, oh, you know, he couldn't do any mighty work there. But uh, read number five again in, the, in Mark 6, 5. It said, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So all the sick people that stepped up got healed despite there is no mighty works happening. Well, and you can even see in that, I love that example that you brought that up, because here's the thing, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What did Jesus do immediately after he could do no mighty works in his own hometown? If you go and read it, it says he set out in a circuit and he began to teach people in the region. Because see, they were just lacking in knowledge of, for one, maybe not even knowing they could be healed or the possibility of not believing in it. So he just went out and started teaching them. He didn't say, hey, forget you. He taught these people, and then eventually he was able to come back and, and see those mighty works. But he had to begin to teach those that didn't know. Had to lay a little bit of groundwork. Sometimes that's important in the whole practical application of things, absolutely. So if people would like to find out more about you, track you down, listen to your show, listen to what you have going on, watch the TV show, find out anything at all, how can they contact you, websites, emails, Facebook, whatever you feel like sharing? All right. Well, my email is don at twoguysinabible.com. And that's T-W-O, guys in a Bible. You have to spell the whole thing out. Our website is Two Guys in a Bible. And uh, you can go over there. We also have the 1412 radio network. That's the word 14 in the number 12. Of course, that's based off of John 1412, doing the works and greater works. But we also have that website as well. If you want to go see all the radio programs that we air right now, then you can go to the word 14 in the number 12. If you want to listen to the radio station, then you can go to the free app, tunein.com, and you can type in that word 14 and the number 12, and it'll pull up our radio station. Um, what else do we have? We have uh, every Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have our live online video classes, and we're in the middle of a teaching called Heal Them All. And so those are free classes that we offer, webinars. And you can find all those webinars and their times, again, at twoguysinthebible.com. Uh, you can go to Two Guys in the Bible Facebook page, 
or you can go to Don Allen's Facebook page. And then if you want to watch the TV show, then we're on GEB America every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's on DirecTV channel 363. Uh, or you can go to the Two Guys in the Bible YouTube channel, and you're going to find, I don't know, we're probably up to close to 200 videos, Jay, would you say? 200? Yeah, we're definitely 200 videos or more there. So lots of different ways that you can uh, find us and find out about us. And just for clarity, with two guys in a Bible.com, it's the word two spelled out T W O, two guys in a Bible. Yes, T W O, guys in a Bible.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, now, one of our fan favorite segments of the program, a little prayer time before we wrap up. And what I ask our guests to do, if you'll please pray for our audience, and if you pick up any special promptings, word of knowledge, prophetic word, discernment, anything whatsoever, let it rip. And uh, at this point, would you please pray for our audience and take us all the way to an amen? Absolutely. Now, here's what I picked up on, right? When you said that is that I absolutely believe that there's somebody out there right now that is suffering with cancer that is listening to this. You, you, you struggled to make up your mind if you were going to, and you tuned in and you hung on. And, and what I feel like is this, there's that person out there right now. It could be more, but I'm thinking of one woman right now. And what I saw is it's just like that woman with the issue of blood. You held on long enough. You held on long enough. And Jesus has just stopped this whole healing parade and said, who touched me? And he's talking to you, that one that's listening with cancer right now. He's talking to you, who touched me? And you can raise your hand right now and say, it was me, Jesus. And you know what? He's telling you right now that you are whole of your plague. I really believe that right now, that there's a listener that is whole of their plague. You contact this ministry and you tell them that you were whole of your plague listening to this. You're going to feel it in your body, just like that woman did. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said that, man, when we got together in that name, it was like you were in the midst, and we wouldn't come together in any other name but the name of Jesus. And Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, that because of those stripes that your son took, that, Father, that we can sit here and say today that by those stripes we are healed. Father, I'm just asking right now, Lord, I know that's already done in the spirit realm. Father, that's a completed fact. The word is the truth. But Father, right now, by faith, we pull it out of that realm and we pull it down into people's bodies right now in Jesus' name. By faith, Father God, we believe the word of God. And Lord, we know that truth manifests. So Father, we just thank you that the truth of by those stripes that we are healed, that that is manifesting in the listeners' bodies right now. Right now, Father God, it doesn't matter what it is, terminal or not. Father, we just thank you that right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that these people will not adapt to bondage any longer, but Lord, that they will reach up right now and grab a hold of the hem of that garment, just like that woman did, Father God, and they will pull that out of Jesus. They will pull that virtue right out of him and receive it right now, Father. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that in the listeners today, you have sparked something in their spirit, man, to be the doers of the word. Father, I thank you that you have lit a fire on the inside of these people to hit the streets right now in Jesus' name and go find somebody to minister to. And Lord, I thank you that it'll be done just like in, in Mark 16, 20, the Lord went with them and, and worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. I thank you, Father, we're moving into an era of signs, wonders, and miracles again, Father, out in public, in front of everybody on the street, right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Gotta love that, listeners. And of course, if you receive your healing, please let us know by visiting our website, dominionfire.com, or you can email us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com and let us know the full details. 
So again, big thanks to Don Allen from Two Guys in a Bible for joining us today. And listeners, we thank you, as always, for being here with us. And uh, keep uh, keep it here locked with us because we're going to keep bringing you more and more content. Staying on our hustle for 2016, bringing you wonderful guests and the healing message of Jesus Christ. And uh, I think that's about it, guys. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't think I was going to forget, did you? As we always say here at our ministry, boom goes Yeshua. Love you guys. See you soon.